Thank you for joining us on episode six of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people. They're talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. Clayton. Yo. Did you have fun co-hosting with me? Yes, it's my first time co-hosting with you. Yes, I'm so glad that you came. We've had a we had a good time today with Josh and Shay. They're great. We love them so much. They're they're great people. They're wonderful friends. They're very important to our ministry and uh, they're just fun. Man, they're fire. Yeah, that's they're how fire. I describe them. <laughs> yeah. They are fire. They really are passionate, both of them. They've got spunk and they've got spirit. And yep. uh, their little girl Clara, who's five years old, is exactly that way. Yes, we talked to them about basically h- how important women are in our world. Yeah, we looked at some great women in, from history. Uh, you know, as if you're from Southern Baptist world, you'll probably recognize two of those names, which are Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong. And we just talked about empowering women to do the ministry that God has called them to do. And uh, it was great to have the two of them as a couple. Uh, you know, Shay stays home and raises her kids, but she also has lived on the mission field. And Josh, of course, works full time in ministry. It was really great to hear them talk about the practical ways that they as a real married couple do ministry together. Yeah, and I really wanted you to be on this podcast with me because um, my heart for this series with women is that we empower women to live out the calling that God's given them, but my heart is not to beat men down. And so I wanted you to be here with me, so I have proof. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and I are a team, and Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're more than just husband and wife, and Friends and lovers, we're 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 a team. We do yep. ministry together, and I love doing it with you. So uh, I'm thankful that you invited me, and I hope I can do another one real soon with you. Yeah, well, so listeners, we're so excited to let you know that we're going to be talking with Josh and Shay Gardner today, and we will be talking about all things women. So, without further ado, let's give you some things to overcome your Monday. Yeah, overcoming Monday with Shari King and, and Clayton King today. Today, I'm honored to have my husband, Clayton King, and two of our very good friends, Josh and Shay Gardner, on the podcast. Josh and Shay have been married for six years and have three children, Clara, Gabe, and Cohen. They both graduated from Liberty University with degrees in elementary education and biblical studies, and they share a passion for overseas missions. They live in Anderson with Clayton and I, and they're part of the Clayton King Ministries family. So I am super pumped for you to get to meet these guys because they're so full of love and wisdom. So without further ado, let's get started. Yay! Yay. 
Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you so I much. I know. I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm so glad we're doing this um, podcast together. So, hey, um, let me get this microphone here. Josh and Shay, what's up? This is Clayton. And you know that because you're looking at me. Um, <laughs> hey, you guys have been with us now for several years. Tell us a little bit about your stories and tell us about your family because you guys have an awesome family. All right, I'll tell about our family family and then Josh will tell a little bit about our story. Um, so we have Clara who's five and she is the epitome of girl and also the epitome of firecracker. Um, and we have Gabe who is a little superhero and smiles, laughs all around. He's really cool. And then Cohen is our newest addition and he came into the world a little bit early and surprised us, but he has been the sweetest little gift. So we enjoy our little family of five and have a lot of fun. One thing that we are really trying to do right now is just um, model for the kids how it is to minister to our neighbors. And so that's a huge thing right now with our family is learning to love people around us and learning to love people that are different than us. Mm. And so I think the kids are really enjoying that exposure. So it's been really cool the last couple months. And Clayton, I know you probably say the same thing, but I just wanted in my life to marry a strong, confident, godly woman. Amen. Right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I just remember meeting Shay. She had just gotten back from two years overseas, and she was just in love with Jesus, and just this confident, eloquent, uh, kind person that I ever met. And that's kind of how I think we got we got here today. You know, <laughs> just me hitching my wagon to hers. You know what I mean? And you guys met at Liberty. We did. What's really funny is we actually were at a birthday party, um, didn't see each other. There's a photo of us at this same party, and we didn't meet, and we actually met after her two years overseas. And you also uh, broke her up with a, with a boyfriend, right? Didn't she have a boyfriend at one time that you sort of moved if in If I on? had the chance, I would have done it. Okay. But we did have – so I had a college roommate. That's a long story. <laughs> but he, uh, story. he had told me – he had actually laid claim in um, – I swooped in <laughs> and won the day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Josh thinks that um, our first date was an actual date, but I paid for my own coffee. Well, so that I paid for dinner. Date. It's a date. Yeah. So we still go back and forth about this. <laughs> when was our actual first date? But that's all right. <laughs> yeah. So the title of this podcast today is Man Versus... Uh, oh, sorry. I just messed it up. The American Woman past, present, and future, and we just want to talk about women and their accomplishments, how the Lord has used women, and this is in no way to demean men, but just to celebrate who women are, um, you know, God created us, and we just want to, I think, I think I just lacked growing up mentors that were female, hmm. and I'm starting to learn about women who I can look up to, and I hmm. want to be able to share that with our listeners. Hmm. So one thing that I know you guys, you guys have a daughter. She's, uh, I would call her super sweet. <laughs> she is sassy. Yes, yes what sassy. I mean by super Just sweet. Just like her mama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She is definitely determined. Uh and mm-hmm. instead of strong-willed, I'd like to say spirited. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows what she wants. and But she's just, I, I love her. I love that she makes her, she can make her own decisions and she knows what she wants and she can take care of those kids, the other two kids that you oh, guys yes, have just for sure. on her own. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really need y'all. That's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, she's so, running things right now. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so 
in raising her, oh, how old is Clara? She's five. Okay. So as a five-year-old, um, you guys are having conversations with your daughter that I never really had because I have boys. Hmm. So I just like to know a little bit, um, how are you guys hoping to raise her? What messages are you trying to send her way so that she grows up being the complete person that you're hoping that she'll become in the Lord? Hmm. Um, and just having a good perspective on herself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think the, the words that I would define, um, just things that I want for Clara, is to really know her value. And not just in how she looks and who she is, but the value that has been given to her by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just knowing how to walk in the ways that he's gifted her and that he's created her to be. Which I think is why we're here talking about that is... Um, just for women, especially little women, to be able to know who they are and who Jesus created them to be, no matter what other messages they're getting. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is just, and I'm seeing this happen in her already at five, is just a compassion, but an equal responsibility for the gospel. Mm -hmm. To be compassionate for people who don't know the gospel, but to also know the responsibility that she has in that. And the other night, for example, when I was putting her to bed, she looked at me and she said, Mom, when are we going to tell Gabe about Jesus? When are we going to tell Gabe about the gospel? Oh, <laughs> tears. I know. And he's two. And I said, you can tell him tomorrow when you wake oh. up. Like you, you have the responsibility because she was looking at me to do it. And I want her to know that the gospel is just as much hers as it is mine. And so I think that's really what I want for her is to own who Jesus made her to be and to be compassionate with the gospel. Fun fact, the first time Claire ever heard a clear presentation of the gospel it was fsko uh when we first came here mm-hmm. wow. um, and she said why are all these kids going up front <laughs> uh and i just remember even long not long after that she was drawing with you and said does my friend joshua who's like three know jesus and she you know she's really eloquent for three and and Josh at the time was not. So she FaceTimed him and told him about Jesus. And he was like, Meh, you know, like, like just, to, you know, no opportunity to respond. But, you know, from the beginning, I was praying about what we would name her. And we named her Clara because it means little light. Aww. And um, my hope for her is for her to be a little light to everyone. And uh, but my priority is a father. For whatever reason, I really hold on to this word of brave. I want her to be brave. Mm-hmm. And um with the gospel, but also to for me to just kind of sh- like tell her she is really, I think also because she's a one, she's a personality one mm-hmm. on an Enneagram, um, just like her mom, but she's just going to even have the spark and the determination to just do what she wants. And I just want to be on her team. Man. I was going to ask you, so when she asked you what all the kids were doing when they came up front, what did you say? They're giving their life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And did she ask you another question? Because I know she did. I'm oh, sure. she asked me another question. Like a million probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think she wanted to know, like, do I, do I go up? Do we all yeah. going up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I think she always wants to know how old she has to be to go to yeah. do something. So. Yeah, she's ready. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me because she is a little light. I mean, you guys stayed with us for a while when you moved up here. And you know, she became my favorite and I became her favorite. <laughs> and uh, she still loves to give me a big hug. So, mm-hmm. so Josh. Th- I think she wanted to marry you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did, I think so. Yeah, she did ask me something about that one time. She said, you're married to Shari, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I could tell she was looking at, <laughs> she was looking at me like, why, why didn't you wait on me? 
I was right here. <laughs> it would have taken a while, but you know, it's such an innocent, so naive little little heart there. So Josh is a dad. Would you rather? I love playing that game. Would you rather attend 1,000 dance recitals of your daughter, Clara, or would you rather host a party at your house where all the Disney princesses showed up? Okay. I I wouldn't normally say this, but because she just saw the Disney princesses Mm -hmm. um, in this fall, I think I would choose this option because of her conversation that I heard that she did with these princesses that Shay remembers that was just hilarious. What'd she say? I think Ariel asked her... um, how did you get here? Did you swim with your tail or did you walk? And she said, I did a little bit of both. <laughs> with such, such confidence. I just want to be uh, on that wall so in that room funny. and just listen to her, like treat them like they're the character. And then she, I think she asked um, Cinderella what it was like riding in a pumpkin. And she just wanted to know all the, the realistic details, things that were very real to her. But it was really funny. She told Ariel she would let her know if she saw sharks. Just so she'd be safe. Yeah. So. Did you see a shark? So, did you yes. see a shark? That's yeah. funny. So funny. Um, my niece, Ruby, when she went to kindergarten um, for the first time, she her she came home and her mom said, Ruby, did you make any friends today? And Ruby said, yes, I made three. And her mom said, oh, what are their names? And she said, well, I don't really know their names, but it was a fairy a mermaid and a princess and <laughs> and uh, elizabeth so said well how did it go and she said well it was kind of annoying because the princess <laughs> and the fairy had to carry the mermaid around all day you know that's so <laughs> funny <laughs> i don't have so girls funny. so things like that i love so hearing cute. I, my kids just basically like screamed because they thought they were dinosaurs all the time <laughs> sounds um, like the good life <laughs> yes i'm with you Well, um, speaking of fairies um, and superheroes, I think I'm moving on to superheroes now. But um, I watched when I watched Wonder Woman, Mm. it was such a great movie for Mm. me because I just saw this woman. First of all, I just saw society put woman, a woman in a role that wasn't prissy, I think. Mm -hmm. And she was she had a strong belief in what she was called to do and what she was and she was going to do it mm-hmm. and not let anyone hold her back. And mm-hmm. so it might sound kind of silly that she was going to fight the god of war, but she knew that that that's what was causing all of the problems mm-hmm. among the humans. And so she was going to go do that. And there was something in her like determination and desire and almost this innocence about mm-hmm. humanity and just she was like she was from another world and mm-hmm. she was going to go do her mission and it was inspiring to me to see a woman do that. And she didn't necessarily, she wasn't trying to dominate or put man down. She just had a mission. And if anyone was going to get in her way, she was going to just walk right through him yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I think that there's a beauty in that, that women need to see hmm. that they can be who God's created them to be and they can pursue their calling as a woman and just have this faith and belief that God will make it happen, mm-hmm. you know, That's no good. matter what. And actually, I want to read this quote from um, Amy Carmichael because she is such a great woman. Um, but she said, she, I have two quotes. She said, she would no longer confine herself to doing what she thought she could do. Instead, she was going to trust God and see what he would do through her. And then there's another quote. Um, 
that she said she wondered why following God wasn't easier and why other Christians found it so hard to understand what she wanted to do. But other Christians um, not understanding wasn't going to stop her. God had told her to go. And mm-hmm. this is from her biography that the um, YWAM put out. And I love that she said that Amy Carmichael is a hero of mine, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to just enter a time now of us talking about women who we admire and some of the things that they have done um, to give courage in a weird way, kind of like Wonder Woman, uh, to whoever Mm -hmm. is listening to this Mm -hmm. podcast so that they can have the hope and passion to pursue who it is that God's called them to be. Mm -hmm. So... um, you know, let's start with you, Shay. Who who would you just throw out there that you admire? Um, I think we have someone on, that's similar. Gladys Aylward is someone that I just admire so much. She, when Josh talked about bravery, I feel like maybe that's something I need to add to my list of things to instill in Clara just because um, bravery is doing something in spite of being afraid. And when I read her story, there's a million times where I feel like if I was in her shoes, I would have been so afraid. But she walked so bravely and knowing who she was. I'm like tearing up talking about it. But it's just beautiful. And I would hope that I would do the same thing as her in that situation. And I hope that for other women too, that we can trust the God who created us to take care of us in mission with him. And she did that. And I think you're probably going to read a quote. Um, But when I think of what she did and her aloneness, but yet, her oneness with the Lord in these situations, it's inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. So it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to read this quote from Gladys uh, Alward, too. This, this is also her biography that I got from YWAM. Um, but this is her story. She's on her way to go to China, um, and she knows that God's called her there, but she keeps mm-hmm. meeting confrontation, mm-hmm. people telling her she doesn't need to go, pretty much because she was a single woman. Um, and... It says, then Gladys thought about why she wanted to go to China. She was certain it was where God wanted her to live and work. And if that is where God wanted her, he would surely help her get the money to get there. So she placed her hands over the money and in a loud voice prayed, here's my Bible. Here's all the money I have. Here is me. Find some way to use me, God. Hmm. And so if we fast forward a little bit, she ends up going on this crazy journey. She's almost to China, but the snow stops her during the war. She's on a train with a bunch of soldiers. They all get off and she's alone sitting on a, Mm -hmm. sitting there on a platform by herself where the train stopped. And it says when she could finally see there was no other course of action, she picked up her two suitcases, stepped off the makeshift station platform and headed out into the frozen wasteland. The tiny station building soon faded into the night as she followed the snow-covered railroad tracks. Huge pine trees lined both sides of the tracks. Every now and then, the sky behind her would light up with a flash from a cannon fire. Hmm. With each flash, she would catch a glimpse of the silhouetted train in the distance. Soon, though, she turned a bend, and the tracks behind her were complete. She was completely alone. Two weeks earlier, she had been standing on the busy platform in Liver- on Liverpool Street saying goodbye to all her family and friends. But now she was walking alone in the middle of the night along snow-covered railroad tracks in Siberia. And she said, I want to go to China to serve you, God. Don't let me die here. She prayed this over and over again every mm-hmm. step she took. Mm-hmm. I can't amazing. imagine I can't being her. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, I think it's important in this 
day and time in our culture to um, sort of resurrect these stories of these mm-hmm. great women of faith. Um, Josh, you and I are both married to strong women. Mm-hmm. We're both married to women who have spiritual gifts. And, you know, we all four grew up in kind of Southern Baptist life. And I feel like we sort of tip our hat to the two most famous women missionaries in the Southern Baptist life, Annie Armstrong, uh, which is our big annual Easter offering as I was growing up, and then the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. So those are two women that I grew up learning about as a kid in Sunday school. These are women that didn't need a husband to go do ministry. They didn't mm-hmm. wait around on a man to validate them. They they took off and they obeyed God. And we are st- we have raised. I would I would I'm sure you can find this on Google. There's no telling how many billions of dollars just that one denomination of the Southern Baptist Convention Mm. has raised under the name of these two amazing females who had a call on their life and they followed God with obedience. For sure. You know? I love that. And I I love that, you know, you know this, in Baptist world, we don't always get it right the first time, but we are committed to trying to get it right. Right. You know, and, uh, and I love that we honor those women but what's crazy is that those women in their lifetime, you know, voices a lot of the times fell on deaf ears, which right. is just crazy. Yeah. You know, reading the letters of Lottie Moon saying, here I am doing the work that a man should do. Right. And I'm alone with a million people. And there's 30 pastors in Northern Virginia, you know, and just really just intense words. And I just see, I think that even for me, um, kind of what got me passionate about Jesus in college was reading the story of Jim and Elizabeth Elliott. Right. And just his story of his death. And then really the story of her courage of like her husband just died, you know, all their husbands just died and they move in to the village Yeah, the village you know, with their that, kids. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, you know, really, you know, Jim rightfully, you know, he died. He's a martyr, but you know, these women did the work and persevered in the jungle and won a whole tribe to Christ, including Jim's killer. Yeah, so so for uh, the, the listener that doesn't know that story, uh, there is a movie, you can go watch it, it's called The Tip of the Spear, mm-hmm. and it's a story of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, and uh, they were killed by the Aka Indian tribe, um, in the, it wasn't El Salvador. What country Ecuador. was it? Ecuador. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So it was Ecuador, uh, late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. They were killed with a spear. Um, and these, these tribes were warring with each other. They, instead of pulling out the wives of these murdered male missionaries, moved in, led these people to Jesus. And um, the, the movie is so moving and so powerful because at the end of the movie, the tip of the spear, you see where the very man that thrust mm-hmm. a spear into Jim Elliott's chest and killed him is led to Christ and becomes a missionary, leads his entire tribe to Jesus. And then when he comes to America for the first time, he, as an old man, he literally can't believe it. They take him in a grocery store and he can't believe how there's so much food. And then he talks about how fat all the Americans are <laughs> because they have access to food. Um, I remember he, he, he goes, you don't even... You just give them this plastic card, you don't even but don't money. worry, they give it back to you. Yeah. You get all this stuff for free. Yeah. He, yeah. he spoke at Liberty with Steve Saint, Nate's uh-huh. son. Yeah. And I, I just remember, I still remember that service because he said, this morning I woke up and I prayed for you, all of you. Mm. And I was just like, man, what is a crazy testimony? And that was Elizabeth Elliott who also spoke at Liberty. And I went up to get her autograph. And I think she said this to everyone. She said, why do you want my autograph? Mm. You know, just made herself so little. And here she is, yeah. hero so of the faith. Mm. Hero of the faith. Yeah, yeah, so good. Josh, I think you have a few a few awesome facts. And yeah. Just about women, about yeah. 
missions and or ministry basically. I, can I, I want to say one thing? Those. Yeah, I want to say that about Wonder Woman. What I loved about it mm-hmm. was how even though she was had all this gifting and they told her she was special her whole life, like a lot of dads tell their daughters, she also had this unknown potential that she didn't know. This yeah. power that she hadn't yet tapped into, and I just think that's true. That's not even though these stories, a lot of them, you know, Gladys Alward and Lottie Moon. You know, before they were ever heroes of the faith, they were living it out in their day to day here locally as probably teenage girls. Mm. That gave well, they didn't see themselves as heroes, yeah. just like you said that um, Elizabeth Elliot was like, "Why do you want my autograph?" And mm. either even so, if you look at Mother Teresa, mm. she just believed that she was going to be obedient, and she had faith, and she just kind of. One time, I think she was sent. Someone asked her. She had a wreck on a road on the way to, uh, I think she was getting the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. And instead oh, wow. of flying there, they offered her a plane. And she said, I'm not going to take the plane. I'm going to ride on a bus. And the bus got in a wreck. And so they had to like go through this crazy rescue mission to get her there in time. And they said, why didn't you just get a plane? And she said, I didn't want to spend the money. Mm-hmm. And I called them and asked them and told them I didn't want to spend the money on it. I would be willing to be a flight attendant but they wouldn't let me be a flight attendant so i just decided to take a bus <laughs> oh my <laughs> word this is same story and they said well from now on we're sending a plane and so she was willing to receive it but she didn't want to spend money on a plane flight hmm. the lord's money when hmm. she didn't have to yeah so crazy and i think it's just wild so just in terms of like history of the world for the most part especially eastern world and then now here it, it was a patriarchal society forever and some places are still really stuck in that society and i I was reading um an article found in the perspectives book of a course i took um in my early 20s and i just i was thinking about it as preparing for today and just seeing some of this history that happened where in the 16th century you see um this return and this is a quote the reformers subjected women to the confining perspective that their only recognized vocation was marriage Mm. That was the only thing a woman's job was to do was to support a man. And I, I mean, I honor that women that are at home supporting their man, raising kids that, you know, it's an amazing thing. But it's just so interesting that they felt the need to specify it and confine it to this one moment Whoa. in time mm-hmm. and uh, and how that all kind of changed, um, at least in our side of the world, when the Civil War happened and right. all these men died and women gloriously kind of step in lead the way and thrive where you know fast forward through history now hundreds of like missionary societies think about the local church who is working in a local church at every level of leadership from you know i would say any prayer team i've ever seen in any church was led by a woman and had women prayer warriors like crazy the thriving mops groups the sunday school teachers the you know almost every level of leadership in a local church and then beyond that the missions world, two-thirds of everyone out there right now is a woman. And don't we know that from mm. right here at CKM? Oh, yeah. When we uh, when we organize a mission trip, mm. uh, I can remember trips to India where we literally only had one guy signed up and 20 girls. Mm. And we had to send one of our male staff members to go along so that one guy wouldn't be the only guy on a trip. Mm. We see that all the time. We see it. And, I mean, we've got trips right now that are planned. And girls sign up for those trips two to one. And the statistics, I'm not sure about the actual accuracy 
of the statistics because it's been years since I read, but um, a few years ago, I believe Lifeway, the statistic I read was that um, volunteers in local church culture, uh, usually six to one Hmm. are females. So for every one guy that volunteers, no paid position, Hmm. no title, there are six women that Hmm. will do that work. And anybody that's been in evangelical church world, they know hmm. the, the people that get the work done are usually the women with no title, no paycheck, hmm. uh, no income. They do it because they love Jesus and they love those kids or they love whatever that ministry is that they hmm. feel called to. And sure, I love what you're doing with this podcast and even just how you write. And I think on some level, you answer this question that the reformers posed that I think they came to the wrong conclusion to, which was, does a woman have the right to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I just think it's Which, crazy that they, I can't their answer was no. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, right. how is that a question? I love that, Shay. So we talked before this podcast, Shay, about mm-hmm. some verses that you pulled out. And mm-hmm. one of the questions that I wanted to ask was what tools or advice um, gave you the most courage for your calling? And I think we find courage primarily from who we are in Jesus, mm-hmm. from our identity. So we're we're basically talking about that right now. Like, mm-hmm. can we answer our calling? Are we allowed to? Well, yes, because who's calling us is our creator who made us. Yes. So why would we not be able to say yes? Why do we have to, and this is not to demean men, but why would we have to say, does that guy think it's okay for me to follow God's calling? And mm-hmm. if he doesn't think it's okay, should I just put my calling away mm-hmm. or... I'm not talking about within marriage or relationship. I'm talking about how do we pursue that calling, how we find that courage. And you have some great verses for those. Yeah, there's a few that I was looking up. I mean, first of all, I guess there's two, I have two thought patterns about this. The first thing is um, we are a royal priesthood. Mm. We, as in every person sitting at this table, Mm -hmm. gender not specific in that. And also the Great Commission, go and tell. It wasn't men, go and tell. It was directed towards everyone. So Come on. I don't know <laughs> how that isn't our responsibility mm-hmm. or how we don't own the priesthood that we are given and own the commands of Jesus mm-hmm. when it wasn't specified for men. It was specified for all followers Children. of Christ. Children yes. of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's my first thought. But then to take it way back to the origin of how we were created. And I think the passage that I love so much is Genesis 1, 26 to 27. It's a little paraphrase here, but it says, let us make humankind in our image after our own likeness so they may rule. So God created humankind in his own image, male and female. He created them. Mm-hmm. And I think I read an article in Relevant Magazine and it had this quote that just really stuck out to me. And I know that we had talked about the origin of the word helper, how a lot of women hear that word and despise it. I think honestly. it's a secretary, administrative yes. assistant. Yes. You know, <laughs> but like, can I get your food? Yes. Do you want a coffee? Yes. <laughs> how can I help you? Like, ser- like a servant, mm-hmm. which we are to serve each other. And that's true. But it goes so much deeper than that. And I don't think I realized until reading um, just what the word helper means. And we talked about, you know, what it means. And it's, so many levels of strength, which mm-hmm. I think isn't always given to women. And shield, a deliverer, mm-hmm. the strength of a warrior, indispensable pillar is what you taught me even this mm-hmm. morning. And the one quote that I read in Relevant Magazine, it says, God created 
female to face-to-face -face male, like a mirror to bring out the kingdom of self and to help him relate to the world in redemptive ways. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's equal, it's face-to-face -face that we're brought to each other that we were created male and female, we created them, God said. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we stand face-to-face -face with each other to bring out Jesus in each other. Mm -hmm. So if that's how helpers define, I'll take it mm -hmm. because that is a beautiful role to play. Right. And it's not above men, but it is with. with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I, I completely agree. People ask me a lot of times because I am, I speak and I'm on stage and things mm -hmm. like that. And, and I know that God has called me to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not easy sometimes, the questions that I get. And I have never had an intention in my heart to say, well, I'm going to tell mm -hmm. those men how it is. That's not it. Mm -hmm. I, I have a desire to read the Word of God and, and to help other people thrive when they understand it. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like my calling mm -hmm. is. To and say, here mm -hmm. is the Word of God, and it is applicable to you, and, and you can live this out. Mm -hmm. Let me show you some practical ways to do that mm -hmm. because I feel like that, I just feel like when I was little, I asked the Lord for wisdom and he gave it to me. And you know why? Because I didn't have a dad mm -hmm. and I needed it. And he was my dad. And I feel like he gave me that understanding because mm -hmm. I, I needed it in order to be strong, in order to survive and live mm -hmm. the life I needed to live and be victorious over things mm -hmm. that I was scared of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you, Attach yourself to the Lord in that way where he becomes your strength. Mm -hmm. Then your calling is so great that you can't say no to him. Mm -hmm. I couldn't say no to him. Mm -hmm. He's been everything to me. Mm -hmm. And that's my heart. It's beautiful. My heart is for everyone to succeed mm -hmm. in their relationship with the Lord. And whoever it is, if I am able to speak. In fact, I was... Um, I just want to take this short tangent. I was in the lobby of church the other day and I was talking to a friend of mine and his wife. And so in the middle of that conversation, she just looked at me and said, do you have any advice basically for my husband? Kind of, we were just having this conversation and, um, because he was feeling discouraged mm -hmm. and I just felt like the Lord came on me in that moment. And I just said, you know, this is how I feel. I feel like the Lord has made you to be a light and it's okay for you to shine. And I feel like you're hesitant to shine and you're hesitant to say who you are and to mm -hmm. step into your calling because you're, you feel like it's pride, but it's not pride to reflect the image of God to the mm -hmm. people around you. Right. So when you live out your calling, it's not pride. You were made to be a city on a hill and it just flowed out of me mm -hmm. and it, he was a man and you know what he's crying and we're all crying and she looked at me and said that was a word from the lord and he knew it was too mm -hmm. and it was just this sweet Amen. moment where we were mm -hmm. all there together and the lord used me to minister to him now mm -hmm. should i have not said it because he was a man and because i was in church <laughs> you know like that could be a very big question but i just felt like the mm -hmm. lord had prompted me to do that and we all benefited from it in that moment and Joshua, you brought up a while ago, you know, the question um, about going back to the reformers and them kind of putting women in their place back in the 1600s. The question is, can a woman not hear from the Holy Spirit? Well, I'll say this. You and I have talked about this many times as friends. 
the Lord speaks to me most clearly through my wife. Other than the word of God, other than the Bible, my wife is the number one source of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Hmm. Would you, would you agree to that with, with you and Shay and y'all's relationship? And just like the Holy Spirit cuts right to the heart. (laughs) (laughs) Just last Uh, night this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I just think it's, it's just so true, you know, to trust the help God has given me. And, um, and I think that's part of the benefit though, of marrying a wife that listens to Jesus, that I have to trust in the moment, even if it hurts, she's telling me the truth. We'll be back in a moment, but first let's check in with Elizabeth Harper, our in-house beauty expert for some top trends and your daily dose of practical advice. Hey everybody, this is Elizabeth with your tips and tricks for this week. I don't know about y'all, but I always feel like music changes my mood instantly. Whether it's making me feel something on a deeper level or causing me more joy or to be really happy, I feel like music is one of those things that just pulls us all together. And recently, after having my fourth child, I noticed that I hit a little bit of that baby blues phase. I couldn't really get myself as excited as I used to be. And that's when I decided that every morning I was going to wake up and after my quiet time, my prayer time, I was going to have a little dance party with my three-year-old. I felt like music was once again going to help elevate my mood and get me back in the swing of things, as well as jumping around and dancing. You know, that never goes wrong. So every morning, my three-year-old and I got up, started to have a little dance party, got our playlist together, got our music started, and started to boogie. And it had been awesome. So what I've put up on the blog this week is the basically a request for the ultimate playlist. I've added a few of my own favorite songs that help me feel a little bit more jazzed and empowered. And I want to get y'all's ideas as well. So when you go on the blog, check out the songs that I already have there. And then I want you to add your own in the comments list below. After that, what I'm going to do is compile the ultimate empowering playlist and hopefully be able to share it in the weeks to come with you guys so we can all share the music together. I feel like that's not only a way to get us going in the morning, get our moods elevated, but it's a cool way to unite everybody that's already listening to the podcast. So I hope you join me in creating this playlist. It's going to be so much fun. I hope you'll have a great day. ask a question um just really quick while we're on since we have guys in here and i think Mm -hmm. it's so important to have men in the room when we're talking about women um and their identity and ministry and all of that Mm -hmm. but i want to ask you guys so you keep saying that we're strong women and we know the lord and whatever all of that but um i know that there may be people or even women listening saying I feel like I want to speak into my husband's life, but I don't know how because Mm. we've never really gone here before. And so I feel, I wonder if he'll feel like I'm disrespecting him. Uh, All of those things. What would, what is some advice that you would give a woman listening 
if she feels like she needs to tell her husband something, but wants to be respectful, but knows the Lord's giving her this wisdom, what are some ways that you guys would hear it best? What are some steps that she can take to be humble enough for him to receive? I have strong opinions about this. Um, but I think, you know, the part of it, I think, is modeled for us in the Bible. You see how Esther approaches the king, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's boldly, it's confident, but also really smart. You know, let me cook you a dinner. Let, let me, you know, let's, you know, and I feel like I love that model and I always appreciate it when it happens like that. It doesn't always happen like that. It does not always happen like that. <laughs> but I, I'm a like a puppy dog. And I think most men are like that. Like we would love to, one, receive love, you know, but also to know that, you know, you appreciate me. You see you see me, you know, you love me. You're, you're on my team. And as on my team, say the hard thing in the middle. I love I love criticism sandwiched yeah. with like five compliments if possible, <laughs> but I'll take one. And I think even if I don't get the one, if it happens, I'm I'm grateful for it. Usually in a longer time frame rather than a shorter time frame. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do, so you guys, uh, it's not always. T- there was a moment right there that was kind of cute. Uh, speak to what he just said because I want to hear you, Shay. Um, because I think this is helpful for females who are mm-hmm. listening right now to know that your husband can tell you this has happened with me and Shari. Your husband can tell you the exact way he wants to receive um, a compliment, or and and we're always ready to receive a compliment. Mm-hmm. Always, always open to encouragement. But even encourage so, it. <laughs> yeah, it's, we encourage encouragement. But um, when it's not when mm-hmm. criticism or even not just criticism, I think men are wired to 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 hear so many of the words of caution that their wives would feel. Or even uh, when the wife was, will say to a husband, this has happened with us before, we need, I'd like to, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. When I hear we need to talk, I feel like the principal is calling me into the <laughs> office. Yeah, and, I, and, and And he found out that I was cheating on my Bible test, which happened to me in the sixth grade. But sometimes the principal has to call you in the office. Right? <laughs> right. So, so tell me what happens with you guys. How does that interplay work? How does that exchange work? So I'm I so I can say from the verse I read earlier that we're face to face we're like a mirror for each other and so in this in marriage with Josh <laughs> we're looking at each other because this is so hard <laughs> but I've learned that um, I can give correction but I'm not good at giving correction in love mm. I'm good at giving it in truth but truth is given in love and so when I don't do it in love the truth is lost mm. and so I think that I am really learning. I mean, we've been married six years and I'm still learning that my natural tendency is to just say the hard thing and not even care how it's received. And so I'm learning that it matters how Josh receives my words. Mm -hmm. Sounds simple, Mm -hmm. but I also need to be more prayerful. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading Power of a Praying Wife and I'm going through the the notebook. And one thing it always cautions is to pray before you speak. And I am so bad at that. And so... I think it's a huge learning curve and Josh is good about saying, Shay, this is what I need. And so now I'm working on letting the spirit do that in my heart. And here's, and here's something I'll say to, to wives or future wives who are listening right now. I'm sitting right here beside my wife. I've got my hand on her shoulder. <laughs> Learn your man. Mm. Learn when he can and cannot hear you speak a word of caution. Um, mm. You know, criticism is probably not the right word, but a word of caution, or, or or even just a hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. So here are some times that that are not good for me. Shari knows this. When mm. when when we're about to go to bed mm. and I'm about to fall asleep, I'm usually in bed just Praise a few minutes before Shari. 
But so we've learned this about ourselves. Shari is processing a lot of things right before we go to bed, and her mind is is is. That's spinning. when I process things. Uh, she's and she's. You, you do it too, Shay. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I don't know because we've never been around each other as we're going to bed. <laughs> I'm going to trust that you're telling the truth. Josh is nodding, but. Um, so Shari's processing all these things. I'm not processing anything. Yeah, I want to I'm go to sleep. I'm snoring. I'm snoozing. Mm. So what she'll do, she used to do this. We don't do it anymore. She would dump a lot of her thoughts on me. Then she would feel better and she would fall straight asleep. Now I'm kickstarted. It's like someone stuck 220 volts of electricity into my mm. brain. And now I'm up. Mm-hmm. I'm awake. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, my wife is so worried about so many things. And she's not worried. She just needs to talk to me. So we've learned mm. that... Um, she pays attention to if I'm already in bed, we don't talk about important things. Another thing that she's learned about me, and this again, it's a it's a podcast primarily for women. So um, when I'm in a hurry to leave, if I'm trying to get out the door, mm. if I'm trying to if I've got to preach, if I've got to go somewhere where there are going to be a lot of people who I know are going to want to come and talk to both of us, she's just learned anything she says to me while my and she knows the look. She makes fun of me and she's got me down to a science. I put my head down. I furrow my brow. I'm focused. If she tells me anything as I'm trying to walk out the door to catch a flight or go preach or or an important meeting, I will not, Mm. I will not hear one word she says. Mm. So I think a lot of it is just learning your husband. And and then once you figure him out, women, women are so flipping smart. We don't have to tell you what to do after that. Like you'll figure it out, but know when he's not going to hear what you say, Mm. because then frustration Mm -hmm. builds when when the wife will often and it works both ways too but when the wife says hey we talked about this this has happened with us before i was like you never said a word to me about fill in the blank and she's like oh yes i did of course then i want to get all defensive when did you talk to me about it and early on in our marriage Mm -hmm. uh, we would find out she would mention it to me in a time that i just wasn't engaged now there's a lot of responsibility for the man to learn how to engage even when it's inconvenient to learn to listen that's for another podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah we're gonna do a podcast series on uh, season on men so we can talk about way more of this then y'all can come right back but oh, we love that. Uh, as we're ending today because I want to respect our listeners time and y'all's time as well but Shay I just want to ask you um, I know that we talked a little bit about um, the whole love and respect thing. And mm. I feel like a lot of times in marriage conferences, they'll say the woman just needs to be loved and the man just needs to be respected. But I've been noticing, I mean, first of all, let's just talk about the fact that I've been abused. And in my past, like the whole line between love and respect, that's, that's blurry. Very blurred. Yeah. So for me, honestly, I feel like I feel more loved when I am respected Mm -hmm. or when I am honored, when my husband tells me he's proud of me for something, Hmm. my love level goes sky high. And, um, and I feel loved in those moments Hmm. when I feel respected. So I think it's, it's almost, um, damage. I feel like it's been damaging for me to, Hmm. to always hear, you just need to feel loved. Well, that's not true. (laughs) I have a greater need, I think, to feel honored and safe and respected mm-hmm. than I do whatever this love word that they're using is. I mean, I don't know what that is. Is that just give me flowers? You know, because right, that, right. that's not really how I feel loved. And so we were talking about this a little bit about how love for you, it, you it's very would similar. Ra- yeah, that yeah. you would rather feel respected. So 
tell me how Josh does some things to make you feel respected or how you think mm-hmm. that women overall could receive respect from their husbands. I yes, think, tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for Josh and I, the way that I've always felt most respected is that he's always been secure in his own right, that he's never had to make me feel less, if that makes sense. So we could be on stage both speaking, and he'd always say, this is my favorite speaker, my wife. This is my. This is who I love to hear from the most. And he would confidently hand over ministry responsibilities to me in an honoring way and not be insecure about it. And Mm -hmm. so I think in his security, that elevates respect in our relationship. And also the sweetest thing he said to me the other day, it was so sweet, but he said, anytime I see you encountering people, Shay, I always know that they're encountering Jesus through you, which is really sweet. Mm -hmm. And so I know how he feels when I minister and Mm -hmm. when I live life and when I'm with our children. And so I think for me, those words and watching him function with confidence in our relationship is respectful to me. Yeah. And so I value that because I know that that's not everyone's situation. And so I really appreciate that. We went to a conference one time and talked about this very thing. A speaker got up and said, guys, all they need is respect. Girls, all they need is love. And we looked at each other like, that's not even true about me. That's opposite. Yeah, we're opposite in that very much so. I'll say, I'm sorry, I just pulled the mic right out of your face, Shari. I just have to say this. I'm feeling very disrespected right now. I would say that I need love more than respect and affection oh Come affection on. i'm like sorry touch me yes in, in a non in a non-sexual way yeah, please i just touch yeah. me cuddle with me yes like just put your my hand head on, yeah to put your hand on my <laughs> on my puppy shoulder dog, like i said and and so i think love and respect i think we both both genders need both love and respect yes mm-hmm. and emerson Egrich, who is an amazing writer he wrote the book love and respect and I read it years and years ago, and I think that that sort of became part of the evangelical lexicon. And we like to do this. We oversimplify mm-hmm. complex things. Mm-hmm. What is more complex than the difference between men and women? What is True. more complex mm-hmm. than the mystery of two flesh becoming one? I preached on it yesterday at New Spring. Yeah. Yeah. What is more complex than that? So we have to avoid oversimplifications of complex things and nothing is more complex than a human being put two of them together in a house with kids for 50 to 80 years and (laughs) it's the most complex thing in the world so Shari and I have had to learn that too and Mm. uh, I I love love that's kind of the joke that we say a lot Um, so honestly in our marriage I've had to learn how to express my respect for Shari and she's had to learn how to express her love for me Hmm. And um, so it kind of flips that whole stereotype upside down on its head. Well, Josh and Shay, I want to thank you guys for being here today with us. And uh, I think we, my goals today were, number one, to encourage women to be strong in pursuit of their calling. Mm. And number two, to provide um, men and women with practical ways to support um, each other and let each other know that they're respected and proud of each other so mm. i think that we, did we accomplished those yeah. things right so um, and i want to have you guys back again sometime especially maybe when we do the series season on guys so um fun. so i'll let you know but listeners i want to let you know i'm thankful for you um here today i hope that you've found something in this episode to overcome your monday and i cannot wait to hear see talk to you <laughs> next time on overcoming monday
Thanks for tuning in to episode six of the Overcoming Monday podcast. Be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at shariking99. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out her blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.